In the name of God who creates life, in the name of Jesus who loves life, in the name of the Holy Spirit who is the fire of life. Please be seated. One of my first scary encounters with a demoniac was in New York City. I'd landed in that gleaming city of enormous buildings and concrete many years ago, immediately after seminary, to serve a parish. Now, of course, in addition to its tall buildings and its miles and miles of concrete, New York has a lot of people. Especially in the morning when we were all going off to work. I walked the same route each morning and I had seen the demoniac before. Talking to himself, his hair matted, I could smell him coming. The buildings around him might as well have been tombs because there was no life in them for him. And the people around him might have well been tombs because there was no life in them for him either. On this particular morning, he headed into the cross rock right towards me. I tried to swerve, step aside from his frantic, angry charge, but I couldn't move fast enough. He slammed right into my shoulder, spinning me around. He kept going as if he had not even encountered an obstacle. I got to the curb, slowed down to catch my breath. The people around me kept walking. No one turned their heads. The buildings stood silent over the everyday encounters of those who were living and those who were living half dead. Since that day, demoniacs, as scripture calls them, have been part of my life. The parish I served and actually subsequent parishes all had soup kitchens. That was back when soup kitchens were controversial and the people around us complained that we had these dirty people standing outside our church waiting for a meal. The parishioners were afraid. Most of the people who came were homeless because they were mentally ill and addicted, but there were many, and you could smell them coming too. So we put in showers. We extended the soup kitchens to other neighboring parishes. We did what we could to shine some light into their half-dead lives. As a Christian witness to human compassion and dignity to which we are all called by Christ. And yet, and yet, these grassroots efforts, churches and community organizations, have done only what they could to ease the suffering of the afflicted rather than to try to speak to them with their disease. 
What Jesus does today in, G in the passage from Mark is to speak to the disease. The demons of mental illness start the conversation. Immediately out of the tombs with an unclean spirit, he met him. No one could restrain him. And he goes up to Jesus. For those with schizophrenia, bipolar, addiction, this is a very accurate description of how the mentally ill start a conversation. It's also a very accurate description of this man's life that still lived out today, not necessarily in desolation in the countryside, but among our steel buildings and brick sidewalks. The disease literally takes over the person dragging them into emotional highs and lows that frighten them and frighten us. Sleepless nights and terrifying thoughts, half dead and half living. The disease prevents the person from keeping one's body clean, one's mind focused, one's relationships even mildly balanced, or connected. I'm guessing that Legion, who spoke to Jesus, had family members who did not know what to do with him, and so he lived outside the village. That still is true today. Some family members abandon their loved ones to the streets. Some family members struggle. I could tell you a list of stories, but tragically, a man who had to take a restraining order out against his wife because of her bipolar disease to protect his children. Imagine going to court to take a restraining order out against your wife. There seems to be no reason why the person would behave in the manner that they do, and there isn't a reason. People have often said to me, when I describe talking to the mentally ill, well, why don't you just explain to them? And I say, A doesn't go to B, doesn't go to C. The disease becomes the person, and in today's lesson, it's the disease with whom Jesus speaks. And Jesus said to him, what is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. As the conversation goes on, it is Legion who asks Jesus to send them, him, away into the swine. And Jesus does just that. And of course, the disease overwhelms the swine so that they destroy themselves. Imagine the destructive power like that inside one human being. Half living, half dead, 
But once the disease no longer has a voice and a place to live, the restored person fully emerges. And of course, the conversation and the lesson continues. Of course, the man wants to stay with Jesus. He has life to be lived and shared with the world. But Jesus sends him away from the tombs, away from the desolation, and into the world to tell his story. When one of my close family members was diagnosed with schizophrenia, we naturally tried talking to the person rather than to the disease. We tragically learned that this was not the way to approach it. In the pain of losing our loved one to the streets of Baltimore, we learned that their methods of care and compassion are ways of trying to take care and to provide for basic needs did not and would not work. Instead, we trained and practiced in a method of speaking with the disease. Its an acronym is LEAP, Listen, Empathize, Agree, and Partner. And as in this scripture passage, it is the demoniac who starts the conversation. And we listen. We empathize even with distorted thinking. I had a conversation with this family member that went something like this. You know Jesus is a crocodile. Oh, I said, okay. Is there anything else that Jesus is? And the conversation went on. I did not need to agree that Jesus was a crocodile, but I certainly could agree that it was an interesting thought. There were other times when I had to partner. And another conversation went like this. You have lots of experience being homeless. What do homeless people do when they get cold and they want to clean up a little? My family matter, matter-of-factly. Well, they go inside. Great, I said. Here are three options for going inside. You can go into our bathroom in the basement. The neighbor had offered their house. I said, oh, we could go to the community rec center. Oh, let's go to the rec center. So off we went. We partnered in the way in which he chose. Learning to speak schizophrenia took humility, willingness to learn, unlearning what we thought we knew and practicing. I can tell you that I could not have done it without today's passage from Mark. 
not because Jesus was going to miraculously heal my family member, but it was Jesus who had the conversation with the disease. There are lots and lots of people who need this conversation. If you've seen the recent edition of Christian Century, there's a review of two books about how the judicial system is trying to have the conversation with those with mental illness. There are people who are finally telling their story because one in seven people in the United States either has the disease or has a family member affected by the disease. I can tell you that it takes a while to learn this language. I'm still learning. And I can tell you that when I started because of stigma and because of fear and because of judgment, Sadly, I did not have the support of my parish community. I can tell you that that is changing. Sarah Lund, who is a UCC pastor, also has a family member with severe mental illness. And she has written a book called Blessed Are the Crazy. It is one of the groundbreaking books on talking about mental illness. And even though I did not at that time, five years ago, have other families, I did have Roman Catholic, UCC, Lutheran colleagues, both clergy and lay, who were active in their faith and asking the same questions. How do we talk to our loved one? How do we talk to the disease? How do we talk to our congregations? We do have this passage from Mark. We do have Jesus literally using a method that now has been developed by secular sources. How do we talk to the disease? We let it begin. We listen, we empathize, we agree, we partner. Is there a spirituality of mental illness? I've been asked. Do the mentally ill have a spirituality? Where do the caregivers fit in? Where do we start? My answer is always the same. Jesus' conversation with the disease. Amen.